0: Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we discuss the films in the DC Cinematic Universe one individual minute at a time. My name's Nathan. You can find me on uh, all social media if you just uh, search that no clutch Nate.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And my <laughs> name's Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Tim. And you can find me hosting the Suicide Squadcast. And you can also find me on Twitter at Alan Fire. All right. Uh, well, today we're going to be talking
0: about minute number one oh two of Man of Steel, and uh, this minute starts out with a like a zoom in on a little baby cow, and it goes like a super <laughs> zoom in because it shows uh, you know some red blood cells. Like it's a that's a pretty good camera that they got on that one, <laughs> you know. Yeah, what kind of camera is that, Zach? <laughs> yeah. Um, the minute's going to end with a very uh, confused General Swanwick, you know, just uh, asking. He's what, just asking what just happened. What yeah. did just happen? I don't man. know, man. You tell me.
1: Both both moments, uh, both explaining Kal-El and his codex thing, and uh, this thing called the world engine. It's You know, you're not wrong for asking what just happened, because what did just happen? I don't know. Do you think?
0: We'll, <laughs> we'll get there.
1: All right. <laughs> so here's what happened. <laughs> he <laughs> said, Jaxer, said all Kryptonian DNA is living in Kal-El's own cells yeah he is everyone at once he's he's got them all he's He's, it's the works i'll have one baby kryptonian with the works and that's him yep he's uh (laughs) captain planet of kryptonian dna as we once said
2: but it's all encoded so is it like is is it actually like encoded like it's actually his dna or is it just is the information just there that's what i couldn't figure out because you it know, does like DNA he have was his already own? Established when he was born. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So does he have his own DNA? And like, did all these other Kryptonians' DNA just like take over, or does he just have like super DNA that's got like his along with everybody else? Like super, instead of yeah, like I mean, like a like a double helix, he's got like a
2: billion helix. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just kind of interpreted at least my little headcanon on this is that you know he still had his own DNA and all mm-hmm. this other DNA was literally just encoded information in there that's not necessarily being used as part of his DNA. I think that's, that's the question. That's the way I kind of interpreted it.
1: Yeah. Are those traits of all those other Kryptonians, are they active or inactive in his
0: body? Oh, so maybe this is how he's able to be like this... Not not just solely this, but, like, it helps him be, like, the free thinking that he is. So instead of just being, like, having, you know, the warrior guild DNA programmed into him, he's got all the other guilds. So, like, he has all that free range of thinking. And, you know, with his own DNA, he can take it one step further by not being yeah. raised on Krypton.
1: Well, that's, like, if your theory is that all those traits are active in his body. Does that, yeah, okay. The so way they make, make it sound is they make it sound like it's inactive. Like, it's just there, like, in it's his system. Their...
0: Then why is it there? Is the purpose I to extract it and like put them into the, no, the little baby
1: pods on no. the scout ships? I think it's. Well, what do you think, Tim?
2: <laughs> well, um, so my question really goes further than that. Why did uh, JorEl feel the need to even encode it? Like, why yeah. did he care? Like, what's the point so, of doing that? <laughs> so what was the point? Because I mean, in the end, um, you know, he JorEl was not trying to save. Uh, the Kryptonian society as far as I can tell like he wasn't trying to create a new Krypton at least I don't think so but he still felt the need to go and you know uh, recover that codex and then take it away from Zod so it kind of felt like he he wanted to keep it away from Zod's hands but he also wanted to still you know maintain it and keep it so it was something still important to him like it's just like a contingency plan just to
0: have like that codex encoded into his son like, right. hey, he's going to be the lone survivor, and God forbid if something happens, he's going to have the DNA of every single Kryptonian.
2: Mm-hmm. And I would say all this other DNA from these billions of people has to be passive because if it was active, like, how would you, you know, how would his body know which, which one it accepts? Like, you know, an individual person has one, yeah. like, one set of DNA. Yeah. And that defines that person. So, so I think it was, it was just the, encoded. Yeah. What if it, like, made him, like, a changeling if it
0: was all active?
1: <laughs> no, uh, the way I was thinking about it is if it was active, then that would be, like... So, like, let's say, like, it's an RPG game and you have, like, intelligence and strength. and But, you, you know, he's maxed out on every single <laughs> yeah. tree like, okay. just because of the DNA.
0: So, you're he, going, like, video game style where... Well, he already is maxed out on everything. He's Superman. That's the whole... Because
1: not because, only because of all of DNA? the DNA.
0: Not just because of the sun and the
1: atmosphere, but also because of all the DNA <laughs>
0: <laughs> because of all the DNA I don't know I'm yo you to... got all that DNA in you that's pretty good um a bigger <laughs> question is now we're looking at this um uh I don't even know what to call it um whatever we're going looking at the red blood cells um after the super zoomed in camera now after the little crystals gonna... you're going to talk about this the crystals no, hit the was... oh i was just going to say kind of white lanterns
1: they possess like everything from all the other rings right okay, yeah so that's kind of like my theory as well
0: well that's true because i mean well white lantern also is a, a jesus figure kind of per se a miz- so miz- miz- that's figure. a so relates to superman <laughs> all right all right anyway back to the the, the zoomed in baby um <laughs> his red blood cells turn liquid geo is that just because it like is a transition from what the like it's brought up on like the screen that they're seeing or are his blood cells actually liquid geo no. No. Uh, well, hang I, on. I, I it's not it was on the screen. That's what I'm assuming, but it's not that far-fetched to think that because of that happening, he's got, well, no, I don't I don't know. I don't know. If he would bleed, would it not be red? We do see him bleed in another movie, but would it be like liquid Geo oozing Even out of spoilers. his face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's just the transition uh. from what was on the screen.
1: Yeah. I just, I, I, I mean, so, it looks cool. I mean, cool. The way I see I it. mean but, um, but not as cool as what we're about to see. So you know, kind of before that, or I mean, immediately after that, General Zod has one very important question, uh, because he knows that it can be retrieved from his body. Yeah. Does Cal El need to be alive?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> it, and this is where jacks are very uh, dramatically no yeah he's been waiting yes. all day <laughs> he really has he's like,
1: he's like sitting there like okay when they're gonna come back and as soon as they come back in the door he's like hey what happened you know what? don't even, i don't even care what happened to you guys down there guess what yeah i found a codex and it's
0: like it's in his blood man so it's so in ready. his blood he's
1: like no he doesn't have to be alive he's like yes i nailed that today he goes yeah. like goes back to his like room he's like i nailed it
0: yeah crushed it <laughs> Um,
1: yeah. he yeah well they're all you know it's a big drama moment for not only Jack or but also for general zod man
0: hip that silence of him like walking towards like you know that, the, that every, open the, piece of glass yeah one the... beautiful scenery but two like i really mm-hmm. like that it's you can tell that he's thinking he's he's planning he's strategizing like after like him hearing like okay he doesn't need to be alive like what is my next step Mm-hmm. we learn what the next step is but um you know like just like that that moment of silence that he has it's just like uh, michael shannon just like nails being a leader
2: in this movie in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah i mean michael shannon is such a such a badass the way he just the way he pulls off every scene here yeah. And uh and the way they set up that ship as well, they basically just have this kind of like Roman emperor type of balcony, yeah, right? Overlooking the world and and I really like how they set that up. Like I th- I thought that played out so well, and especially uh in a minute coming up here where uh, his ship actually goes down above Metropolis, again, they just have this this little balcony overlooking um you know what he's going to be basically taking mm-hmm. over. And it's such a great visual and so I, I it's done so effectively here. Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's incredible.
1: Yeah, it's very, very fitting for a person who, who kind of sees himself as the new monarch of, of Krypton, basically. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So it's very fitting for that character and like concept design wise, like that's very, very much something that General Zog would want to have. Um. So he utters this famous, kind of famous phrase now: "Release the World Engine." um and in saying so the world engine itself detaches from the black zero mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things i like about this moment and but there's a lot of things that i don't know it's a lot of things just a one thing um and that's because doing it in this format minute by minute it seems a lot longer. <laughs> Than normally in the film, like I think normally I'd just be like, "Oh, cool! They released a world engine." I guess I never really noticed until doing, you know, this minute-by-minute podcast. This takes a very long time. Yeah, man, it it's (laughs) almost painfully awkward how long it goes. Like I feel like it could be a ten-hour YouTube video where it's just him staring at this drifting, uh, you know, little world engine. Um, All the
0: individual cables being detached and. Mm-hmm. and with the music S- it's like slow. the
1: music is very like it's almost it's very propagandish you know <laughs> it's like right. you have him you're staring like the way he's uh, posed in the shot it looks like you could do a poster about him it looks like um, Starkiller Base in The Force Awakens oh and with they, all the troops and, the, and yeah. like, it's almost like that minus the 10,000 troops next to him mm-hmm. um, but it's that releasing the world engine it's like they have faith in the world engine being their symbol of hope in their mind of like, this is going to bring us Krypton again. You know, like this is the key to everything. Like they don't see it as a villain. They don't see it as a destructive tool. They don't see it as a death star. They see it as,
0: um, peace. I really hope that we do get another side of Kryptonians in this Krypton TV show. I want to see if there yeah. is a group of people that, Do see the creation of a world engine like as as just terrible we were talking about it way earlier a minutes long time ago where it's like at what point do you like when there's life on another planet is it just like animal life or is it like intelligent life that kryptonians can just go and take it over pretty much Mm -hmm. and is there another group of people on krypton that feel that just the existence of a world engine is so wrong it's like a reverse prime directive. Yeah, exactly. If a, yeah, if you see people that are less superior than you, you can take them over. Yeah, and like, is there a group of people that say, you know, is there are there advocates again? Is there like a Kryptonian PETA? Is there anything that uh, that happens? And I'm I'm just really looking forward to seeing maybe more of the uh, the Thinker Guild mm-hmm. to see if they have any any thoughts on, you know, people colonizing wiping other planets, out, wiping out <laughs> other planets and stuff. Yeah. The world engine yeah, it's mean, a messed up thing.
2: Yeah, that's a big question for me too. Because you know, in the little history they gave of like a, a space exploration, mm-hmm. they never really alluded to taking over and wiping out any existing life. And so, this is the first time where uh, that we see, at least as far as we know, the world engine being used to you know decimate a population on a planet. True. And so I, I wonder if that was like something that is is why you know Zod had to have had to be ostracized. Because, you know, he was unwilling to respect other life. Maybe. We yeah. did
0: see, however, in an earlier minute that when they first obtained the world engine, it was a battle. There was people in armor and holding rifles and skeletons. So there had to have been mm-hmm. something with that world engine being on that planet that there was a battle with. So mm-hmm. maybe there was right. an indigenous species that started, you know, revolting after they figured yeah. out that it was happening. So I don't people, know.
1: Those people died...
0: And they uh, were kryptonians but they died in armor they died in armor yeah. no helmets no helmets
2: yeah. yeah or it could have been you know a, uh, a fight amongst the kryptonians you know kryptonian civil war to use it right mm-hmm. right i'm yeah, about that, that i had that okay. theory
1: that when they said they found nothing but death mm-hmm. i was like maybe he's lying and maybe he just killed
0: those people he mm-hmm. himself yeah I, a, well like the decay though He join me or die Is there like a laser beam that just fries skin?
1: No, they just killed him (laughs) somehow. (laughs) All right. Um, But there are some beautiful, beautiful shots in this scene with the world engine being released from the ship. The very first thing you see is it's all black, but then as the world engine begins to detach, there's some sunlight that starts to poke in between Mm -hmm. the black zero and the world engine. And, this thing is rendered. This thing is a 3D model, um, but they have designed frost on yeah. the ship because it's cold in space, obviously. But when mm-hmm. the sun hits this ice, it not only is it like, um, steaming a little bit, mm-hmm. but there's shadows being casted on the ice. And it looks so real. Like I don't know if it is CGI at this point or do they just have just a tiny miniature for just this shot right here. But... It's one of the most uh, well done uh, little CGI renderings I've ever seen because the lighting hits the ice and has like this beautiful shadow effect on it. Um, so it looks really cool. And this thing is, is detaching from the ship. Um, and then the other small detail that I really liked is the timing of the booster rockets. And it's like, all right, this one's going to turn off, and these these are going to flare stabilizes up. Stabilizes it, man. yeah. And it like, yeah, it, right. you can see the ship pivoting the way it needs to with the way the rockets are going. Yeah. And then when it starts moving, you can see which engines are like, or like little booster engines are like pushing it this way and then pushing it that way, and it's it's, it's cool. It's technically this uh like thirty five seconds that we have to watch it. This world engine just drifting out in space. Technically, it's a masterpiece. But if you're just kind of visually And you're not like really involved with it Like it seems like Why is this taking forever If it's just it's slowly moving in space With this dramatic music Mm
0: -hmm. Well maybe everybody should just watch it minute by minute
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen
2: No I agree with you I don't know if you guys uh, Go ahead I don't know if you guys uh, Did you guys watch Battlestar Galactica when it was on TV Not when it was on TV Okay but, I, I mean you've a long seen time it, though.
1: ago, I tried getting into it, yeah, I tried getting into it and yeah then,
0: I, I I stopped, I got bored, and then I know someone
1: who watches Battlestar Galactica and they said it it to them it, it also kind of doesn't go very far, <laughs> even though they <laughs> like it
2: yeah well I, the, the the where I was going with this is uh, the cinematography on this the um the quick zooming in. In trying mm-hmm. to find uh, some uh, some spaceship, you know, in space that that comes straight from Battlestar Galactica, and I don't know if it's uh, I don't know if there's any relationship between the segmentographers, or I honestly have no idea. But I remember when I watched Man of Steel, the first time I was like, "Oh, that is straight from Battlestar Galactica!" Like it because it, that was the first time I'd ever seen it was in that show. And yeah. so you see a little bit of that in this shot, where it's like kind of zoomed out, and then suddenly it's like it it's it, it's almost like the the person. Uh, viewing it is like looking for the spaceship, located, yeah. then suddenly zooms in on it. Documentary, I mean, it's, it's style. a cool effect. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, there were there were, there were cast members on this movie that were from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. So just, I don't know if it was uh, maybe there was both actors and crew members. I don't know. Maybe they just the maybe people just like Battlestar Galactica and they were like, "Yo, let's do this."
1: The cinematographer yeah. is a mere mockery. So yes. Maybe we'll have to mm-hmm. look at his. I know he works with Michael Bay. Uh, we'll call him up. Yeah. But yeah. we'll have to we'll have to see. But yeah, this this world engine bit this is uh, I would say an iconic moment. <laughs> it's a little silly seeing it uh, in this format right now. It's very but... ominous. I really
0: hope that we get more of just like Kryptonian spaceship tech of, of in the, in a sequel that could give this whole scene and just all of this justice. Because I mean I mean well I don't particularly need justice itself, but for fan base it's like. You know, now the villain has switched to the world engine itself, and is just like Kryptonian spaceships and Kryptonian technology. Where, yeah, General Zod is you know commanding it all, but now Superman has to fight these two giant machines. I need to. I want. I want more. You know.
1: I don't want to uh, to take up too much time in this minute, but I just wanted to ask oh, real yeah. quick: Do you think this is the equivalent of them dropping the Fat Man? Is this like?
0: Um, I'll, you should have, you should ask that in tomorrow's minute. (laughs) Okay. I'll let you guys think (laughs) about that one. Yeah. All right. Right.
2: Uh, Do you guys have anything else for this minute then?
0: Uh, nope.
2: Why, did you want to say anything? You wanted to say something about uh, that military command center? Uh. Because uh, it starts off with Swanwick saying what just happened. Or do you want to just save that for the next one? what was,
0: what was I going to, what were we going (laughs) to say? Was there something? Oh,
1: no, there's definitely a lot about that. Tomorrow, but this one it does cut into Swanwick with him saying what just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, yeah. we answered those questions. <laughs> but yeah, okay,
0: all right, that's fine,
1: that's all I got. Oop. Well, there goes the notes, so <laughs> <laughs> perfect. And on that note, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this minute. Yes, if you love everything you heard, don't forget to check us out on iTunes, leave us a great review, it really helps us out. Um, definitely check out what Tim's got going on with Suicide Squadcast if you don't already. And uh, if you're looking for some other podcasts, Nate also does another Minute by Minute podcast called Tarantino Minute. Oh, yeah. So we're currently going through Reservoir Dogs. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.